Welcome to our newest adventure for first responder wellness. No one fights alone. In-depth conversations about mental health and culture in the first responder space. We're joined by your co-hosts, Austin Pedersen and Brad Shepard. My friend, what's up? You finally became official this, uh, this last 15 minutes. Can you tell? Can you, do you notice, yeah. do you notice how proud I am of my new, my new sign behind only, me? Yeah. It's the only qualifier that makes you an actual podcast co-host is if you have a neon sign of your podcast behind you. So if you're listening and, and not watching the YouTube video, this is the no one fights alone neon sign that I've been envious of. Austin has one right over his left shoulder in uh, his room there. And I now have one right over my left shoulder. I'm becoming Austin all over. I can't blame you for that one, man. You know, like that's, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad life to live, to be honest. But I am repping the, uh, I am repping the first rep- responder opponent of mine, technically. That's why it's uh, that's why it's the best because yours is red, mine is blue. <laughs> if anything, it totally should be flipped around. But I think it's good balance. Yeah. I rep the firefighters. I'll, I'll I'll throw the red up there just for the uh, firefighter crew. Yeah, but and, if any of your uh, past coworkers or any of your buddies see it, I hope they give you nothing but shit. Oh, they're gonna give me shit. It's 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 coming. It's guaranteed. It's well-deserved, man. It's well-deserved. How many times have you talked shit on the firefighters sitting in there? Every station? chance I get. Yeah. Every chance yep. I get. I have had nothing but a career full of donut jokes. And, uh, yeah, so I'm. I, every chance I get, it's, it's, it's all in good fun. It's all in oh, good absolutely. fun. Matter of fact, I came out of uh, working out the other day, and one of the fire guys that I work out with, his name's Chris. He's such a good guy. He was helping uh, uh, one of the ladies we work out with. Something was going on with her car, and the hood was up. And he was leaned in there deep, man. He was elbow deep and trying to figure out what's up. And I walked over and offered up my – I didn't offer up my assistance. I offered up my opinion, which was it's funny. I did, is, did somebody lose a cat in here somewhere? And uh, that started a cackling process of, you know, do you have a tool bag with ping pong paddles? I mean, what, what are we doing here? And yeah. it just was, it just went nonstop. And <laughs> poor Chris, he was trying to be nice. Time. Yeah. He was trying to be nice in front of the, you know, the civilian populace. So he wasn't denigrating me at all. And so I just stayed on him. Yeah. But then as soon as she left, <laughs> then it, then it came full force, right? The fight was on. The fight was on for Love sure. It, man. Dude, what have you been doing with your life yeah, lately? So good. Huh? Man, I, I've i really been, one of my hobbies that I have gotten back to that I really uh, have forever enjoyed since I was a kid is reading and have really been um, acutely um, aware of how I kind of have fallen off of that over. And man, I've, I've tore through some books lately. I love reading. Uh, and Brad Thor is one of my favorite authors. That's fictional, but uh, I love reading. Uh, just, you know, whatever I'm, I got, I think I got three books currently that I'm in the middle of. What have you been doing? Dude, hold on. First off, we're not going to let this pass. Are you getting old? Is that what I'm hearing? Sitting on your couch <laughs> in silence and you reading books? Buddy, I am not ashamed of 
closing the door, locking it, turning the phone off and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm down for reading and uh, I'm okay with that. Or sitting out on the porch reading. Yeah. I'm good with that. If that makes yeah, me old. old, then bring it. Yeah. You're old. That's, that's all. <laughs> I, I mean, old. I am well, old. The fact of the matter is still, you know, we're just giving me shit about all the hats that I own. I mean, you still got more hair than me. So <laughs> ultimately I'm, I've never I'm been a hat wearer, but I am super. Okay. Just for the listeners, how many hats do you have? 42 i think last time i counted i just got a new one 43 dude you're kind of a hat bitch dude first off okay we're elevation wise right we're sitting this is my reasoning and this is how i justify buying more and more hats first off our elevation's at like 4500 4800 so the uv rays are are coming down on the dome and have you ever had your scalp sunburned before i actually have but only the the part in my hair sunburn not the whole not the whole scale it's it's painful man it is painful and then second off when you're bald you sweat through hats like there's there's nothing stopping <laughs> the sweat from just brimming the entire thing and so for me i burn through a hat you know in a couple of weeks like if i'm outside doing stuff if i'm hiking or something like that i could burn through a hat just in that hike yeah but let's be real. You're you're not only a hat connoisseur, you're a hat snob a little bit. Oh, absolutely. They have to fit a certain way and they have to like I have to do the trucker breathe. It's got to breathe in the back a little bit, you know. Like it's it's a like most people buy shirts or whatever. I'm just hats. That's my thing, man. You're a hat guy. Yeah. But other than that, so what do you man, I mean, what have you been doing besides buying hats? What else have you been doing? Well, I have been just spending money needlessly, needlessly to uh, fill a, a hole that uh, is somewhere inside of my soul, as we all do sometimes. <laughs> buy something and then... Dopamine, dopamine spending? Yeah. 15 seconds later, your buyer's remorse kicks in. You know, you had that 15 seconds of dopamine. You're like, cool, I just got this. And then buyer's remorse sets in and, and you know, here we are again. Just that hole in my soul is still there, but... Uh, no, dude, I have, unlike most, I have too many hobbies. And I get shit from my fiance, from friends, whatever. But I, I work on cars. I got, I'm rebuilding a top end on a lawnmower for my buddy right now. I've got, my, my front yard is looking pristine. I golf way too much and I suck way too much to golf that much. Like it, there's, I've got too many hobbies. I was talking to Sammy yesterday and we're walking in Home Depot and I'm like, I'm going to get that desk. It was like a Husky desk. I'm like, I'm going to get that desk so I can start woodworking. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to start like woodworking. She's like, you have eight hobbies already. Where are you going to find the time? I'm like, I'll just talk to you less and just stay hidden down in my basement. <laughs> I feel like she was not okay with that. How'd that go over? She didn't love it, but she supports me in all of my doings because she knows that I'll probably do it for a month and then lose interest and move back on. Well, oddly enough, I was actually just thinking about woodwork. My dad is a is a woodworking connoisseur, and I played around with it. I love messing with uh, and building uh, different things. I used to I used to do it quite a bit, and recently I thought, you know what, I need to get back into that. But I. You know, I, I, I enjoy going out, being at the lake, uh, doing something, going walking. Of course, that's an old man. It sounds old again. I'm doing the old man thing. But I, uh, you know, I work out pretty regular. That's uh, that's a lot of my having fun. Go, And that's at a CrossFit place. So it's, you already said it. I like being around people. 
So I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy those environments. You know, when are you going to start uh, losing that belly fat then, dude? You, you're talking shit on yourself earlier about the fact you can't get rid of it, but you're working out every day. What's going on, dude? You know, what's the, what's the saying? You can't out, uh, outwork the fork. I still eat ice cream. I'm still an alcoholic, man. I down sugar and sweets like crazy. That's, uh, that's been my downfall. So I work out so that I'm not 300 pounds. How about that? Ah, so you're one of those. So basically what I'm hearing you saying is you're the guy that's on his phone at the gym sitting at the same. No, 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 no. I, I, that is a hard, hard workout. In fact, I hate it. Actually, truth be told, one of the reasons I go to CrossFit, uh, is because of that challenge is do something every day that's hard and that challenges you. That's the reason I go do that because it, I don't know what I'm doing there. Not really. I just follow their instruction try to act like I know what I'm doing and hopefully walk out of there breathing. Dude, I will tell you. So there's, if you talk about a sober community in Utah, there's, I think I told it to you, but they had move locations or something like that. There's this gym. It's a sober gym. It's called fit to recover in Utah. Shout out to them. First off, they create a community. That's amazing. And they open up these rooms and sometimes people can't afford it or whatever. It's a nonprofit. So they'll, you know, scholarship or, let people join just for the community and it's a CrossFit gym and the people that have embraced that community and been a part of that. I mean, man, it, it is so cool to watch because it gives people exactly what you're talking about. It gives them purpose. It gives them value and it gives them the understanding that they can do something that is extremely difficult because my fat ass with my smoker's lung and, you know, my old out of shape legs couldn't ever complete one of those anymore. No, you've, you, I've actually tried twice to go to that. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because the, I, I, in all seriousness, that, that community is pretty amazing. It's very, it's very familiar and closely associated with the recovery community because there's, there's just a lot of grace and there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, encouragement and just do what you can do. Um, but I've, I've actually tried twice, two different times to try to go, but, but man, I'm going to tell you, there's a significant elevation increase. So I've, I've done CrossFit once in Salt Lake city while I was up there and it about tore me down. Uh, and I could not figure out, I didn't realize it didn't dawn on me in the beginning to what it was, but it's, it's a, it's an enormous, uh, elevation change to go up there and work out. Um, but you know, we have something similar here. I'm sure they probably have them all over, but we have something. It's not a regular everyday uh, CrossFit community, but they have what's called Fit Sober Saturday, which is part of my CrossFit gym. And they they allow people to come in and work out for free that are in the recovery community or in the sober community. And hey, come work out. And the camaraderie there, I've met some really great people all across the state of Oklahoma that come into that. Uh, they do it every other Saturday, uh, come in and just have a workout that is absolutely brutal. I don't know why they have abnormally harder workouts for the recovery community. I guess they feel like they need to swing for the fence with those people, but it is a great opportunity. So I, I hear what you're saying with that recovery community being in the, in the CrossFit. There's a lot of crossover for those well, two worlds. The keep coming back thing. You know what I mean? They gotta, they gotta get them to keep coming back. Cause about 15 minutes after you're done, you feel great, you know, and yeah. that, that oh, is absolutely you, you can't match that natural high or or whatever you want to call it from like a real exercise i'm hoping to get back 
into something similar. I was telling you earlier, I, uh, I quit vaping, which is a huge thing for me. It's been a, a crutch uh, for a long time, a, a mental, emotional stress crutch. And I have been a douchebag for the last five days. Just prickly, <laughs> you know, mean, just salty. Oh, You've been a little salty, salty to be around. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Bless, bless my family's heart. But in part of that is like you, you start to feel, especially from that thing, it becomes attached at your hip, right? Because you don't doesn't smell. You know, you kind of just do it whenever. And and I ended up doing it more than I would have done something else, just because it's always readily available. You know. Of course. No, I'm with you. That, that, uh, I still rely on, uh, on my nicotine. I'm a, I'm a dipper and I, I should quit spoken like a true alcoholic here. I could quit when I want. Right. Absolutely. The, um, you know, there, there's a gradual getting healthy for me. Uh, I have a, I have a, a lot of things that I'm working on. Um, you know, I see a, uh, naturopath, which is a holistic medicine, uh, doctor that actually helps me. Now she's on me pretty hard about the nicotine, but the reality is there are so many things that happen to our bodies and get us out of balance on, on the PTS and alcoholism and depression, you know, and we were recently talking about that depression piece and the impact of, uh, chemical impact that that has on our body. And, you know, I'm, it's not that I'm not quitting on purpose. It's that I'm, I am working towards, uh, towards a level of health and kudos to you, man, for giving it up. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for, cause it's just little tiny bites, little steps, little bites of the big elephant steps towards the right direction. And, uh, so you should be applauded for that. We should all strive to just, are we working better today than we were yesterday you know so good for you well it's one of those weird things man where nicotine is such a weird thing because so when i was first in sobriety i quit all nicotine the same time i quit drinking and probably lasted i'd say almost about four years uh and then four years in, i remember the day so it was a rough day and i was going through it emotionally there were some things coming up you know from my past and just stressed right and I remember thinking that day, go, I'm either going to go smoke a cigarette or I'm going to have a beer. And I had made that up in my head, right? Like that nobody, nobody forced that on me, but I'm four years away from both. And I thought logically, I'm like, you know what I'm going to, you know what? Like I'm going to take the lesser of two evils. And I regret this thought process because as we know, like a craving, naturally a craving for anything if you don't feed into that craving emotionally, it actually goes away in less than five minutes. So if you don't sit there and dwell on it or feed into it, it just goes away, right? Like that's that's why part of sobriety and part of mental health is like time away from it because your brain heals and, you know, you make more rational decisions. Well, I finally, I fed into it and so I smoked one cigarette and it has been four years since then. Couldn't stop. One time. <laughs> one ridiculous i was off uh let's see let me think about this i was off probably three years uh from dipping and you know some of the life challenges uh post chateau i was in recovery and i did something very similar which was you know justification of bad behavior but you know this isn't as bad 
Um, but I do enjoy it, you know, but, but the reality is nicotine's really, you know, if you really want to have this conversation, which I think now that we've introduced it, we might as well kick this can down the road. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it, it simulates the adrenaline dump, uh, which is why first responders, uh, love it. They, they, it simulates the, the adrenaline dump, uh, the argument, which I made this argument, uh, myself many times was it keeps you awake. It'll wake you up and keeps you awake during a boring, uh, you know, most first responders, uh, live a life of, uh, either boredom or craziness. There's no middle most of the time. So during that boring time, you throw a dip in or a chew in or a smoke and you, you've hit that adrenaline dump as it were. But you know, the, the downside is it has a, a pretty negative impact as I sit here and, and did a little, I just did a little quick little research, uh, pull it up and increases blood pressure, uh, heart rate, um, works negatively, uh, against the brain and body overall, uh, lowering of impulses, mood disorders, you know, and, you know, back in the day, uh, that, that was a very common thing to go from nicotine to drinking. And of course, now we all know that's a gateway drug for, for, uh, impulses and, and addiction, but, uh, you know, here we are, uh, I'm still dipping and you're quitting. Well, let's be honest with the listeners. I'm switching over to Zen. That's, that's the way I'm doing it is baby steps, you know, like I'm not a, I, I used to chew when I was really young, like 16, 17, 18, you know, back in the day, but switching over to try and it's a harm reduction thing, right? Maybe my lungs will heal a little bit, but still not fully away from it. You know, it's interesting you talk about the first responder community and nicotine. I want you to throw caffeine into that because first responders oh, yeah. drink more caffeine than any other population I've ever seen. Yeah, we tear it up pretty good. Um, and, and just circling back to that, uh, uh, we have a, I don't think we've released the podcast on Megan nutrition mm-hmm. yet. Have we? Not yet. Um, there's a great, and, and, uh, wherever this may land, wherever this podcast may land in correlation to that, I would just give a, a nod to Megan, uh, Louts, the nutritionist, the firefighter nutritionist, fascinating conversation. She was talking about um, the such negative effects of caffeine on the body and specifically some of those energy drinks. She was, she started quoting some of the uh, milligrams volumes of some of those energy drinks and they were just uh, staggering. They were staggering. And she said, you know, there are energy energy drinks that have uh, no caffeine. She was talking on the podcast about how she was, trying to get guys to lower, you know, slowly come off and taper the caffeine piece. But no, to your point, caffeine is uh, hand in hand. You, uh, matter of fact, when I came in, cause I'm old, when I came in, you had to learn how to drink coffee. It was not optional. And I was drinking coffee all day. And of course, if you go to a meeting, you're drinking coffee. I'm still drinking coffee all day sometimes, but yeah, uh, today is more of those caffeine days, is yeah. a rich. Yeah. It is a rich part of the culture. Uh, some type of caffeine, whether it's coffee, energy drink, something uh, you're getting. It rare is the first responder that is not taking in large amounts of caffeine in their body. So I think it's when I do like assessments for people and things, sometimes they'll bring that up. I think it's like four to five energy drinks a day. So first off, they're $3 a piece. So if if not more, depending on the state, 15, 20 bucks a day, then you mix in chew or cigarettes or vape or whatever. 
another amount of day. And then you mix in also they're drinking coffee in the morning. So they're going to Starbucks and getting a $5 coffee. So you're like 40 bucks just to function. And if you don't have any of those, it's a bad day. You know, like tell me it, it, what time in the morning, if you don't have a cup of coffee, do you start getting a headache? Oh, you're, you're going to start getting salty pretty quick in the morning. Like for me, I, that's the first thing I do. I, I go in, I start my coffee maker, and then I come in here to the office and break open, get my journal, my prayer journal, gratitude journal ready, and then I go get a good cup of coffee. And those are that's that's me. And most people, uh, especially the first responders, are that's that's once their feet hit the floor, they need to have a cup of coffee in their hand right off the bat. Well, I remember arguably. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna. No, say. I was gonna follow up with uh, something I heard. You go ahead. Um, I was reading this article on exactly that, and it was saying that if you want to actually function at your peak performance, you don't drink a cup of coffee until you've been awake for one hour. So they say, hey, you know, coffee's fine. It's all good. One hour. I actually saw that recently on one of the guys I follow on uh, Instagram. He's a podcaster, but I saw it on Instagram that he actually made that statement. He said, for best health, wait one to two hours before you start drinking coffee that allows your system to get jump started on its own. It's wild, right? Cause I make my coffee almost the night before I prep it all. I get all the water ready. So when I get up at, you know, 6am it's press a button and you know, five minutes before everything's ready. Megan, if, if, if memory serves me correctly, uh, Megan said there are some of those energy drinks had as much as 600 milligrams in a can. Uh, I may be off there a little bit, but I, I want to say she said some of those energy drinks carry as much as 600 milligrams of caffeine. That's, that's one and a half times what the recommended daily allowance uh, by the Heart Association uh, is for, for a daily dose of caffeine. Yeah, I know the one that when I do drink them, it kind of depends. It is kind of a rough day if I drink an energy drink, but they're usually around like 180 to 240 for the ones that I drink. That's just like a normal rock star, depending on, on which one it is, which is still an insanely high amount. What, a cup of coffee is like 60 to 80, right? Yes. Yeah. Depending on, I've, said, I've looked at a heart association, it says it's uh, 40 to 30, uh, 30 to 50, sorry, 30 to 50 milligrams of caffeine in an eight ounce cup. Um, and the, the energy drink, I looked it up real quick. It's amp. And she actually said that she was, she knew, uh, you know, amp rockstar bang. She was talking about all of those. It was, it was a really good conversation, but, uh, some of those energy drinks generically are 40 to 250 milligrams of, of caffeine. Uh, you know, as I'm sitting here reading, I'll just said studies have found that caffeine can do both good and harm. I'll just read some of this to you. Uh, people who regularly drink coffee, may actually be less likely to develop chronic illnesses such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, Parkinson's, and other cancers. A few studies suggest they are less likely to die from heart disease or other illnesses. However, like any good first responder, we're going to take that in excess. That's what we do. We just say, oh, the recommended is 40, then we're going to multiply that times 10. Yeah. I mean, it's a survival thing, right? Like it's, it's almost like a harm reduction thing where it's like, I'm not, I got to survive. I got to make it through the night. I got to make it through a 12 hour shift. Got to make it through whatever. Right. And that's, that's the justification that people use in order to, I mean, the same thing with, we do with our vices, right? Like I'm sitting here going like, I'm, 
you know, for a long time, it was like, I live a very stressful life with no set schedule with, you know, I'm going to fucking vape. That's, that's what I used to justify that as, and I have for, you know, the last few years. And finally you get sick and tired of that kind of stuff or having like a little device attached at your hip that you have to go everywhere with. And that's what changed my thought process on it. But if that, that doesn't happen, if you don't get sick and tired of drinking 600 milligrams of caffeine, then you just keep doing it. Well, uh, but there's, uh, there's also the, the personal interaction of actually how it actually makes you, um, outwardly express yourself, which one of the, one of the funny stories that I like telling, uh, and I won't tell details because it's, it, it was actually derived from somebody calling in on one of my troopers one time, but, uh, uh, without details, I'll tell you the culmination of it derived to, he was, he had by about 10 o'clock in the morning, he had downed three monster energy drinks and was listening to heavy metal rock music and then was dumbfounded later when I asked him why his behavior was so extreme to this person in the public. He's like, I don't know. I don't know why I was acting that way. <laughs> but I did think three monsters and you could hear the music playing in the video, you know. So, I mean, there is, there is the external factor of how we, we have to take into account. This is going to be disruptive to how we outwardly express ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Both positive and negative, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no. And that's, I mean, I've, we all, we all justify, right? Like that's the bottom line. We're going to justify whatever way we sure. want to or in order to do whatever we want to. Uh, and cause that's just, I feel like that's how humans are, are wired. Right. And we're not definitely ones to talk in this particular subject here. Like we could talk about sobriety all day, but we're, we're sitting there right with the best and on the caffeine and the nicotine intake. I will tell you that. hundred <laughs> percent, man. hundred yeah, percent. This is not the, Hey, you need to quit doing this podcast. This is a, Hey, I think we're as fucked up as everyone else is in, in particular <laughs> Bastards of life. You know what, though? This is just, uh, I, I enjoy these conversations because this is just real life, man. This is just, uh, this is just the way it is. I, I'm really, uh, I'm proud of myself, uh, of the recovery journey that I'm, that I'm on. I've done some, I've overcome some really difficult hurdles. And, uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm letting myself off the hook, but I am giving myself some grace in some of the other areas of my life. So, uh, which is, which is okay. Yeah. And you're not, see, the big thing is right now is you're not shaming yourself on the fact that you do this. Cause that's also what kept me from quitting for a long time is like, I would attempt to quit. And then if I failed, then there's this huge amount of shame that comes into it and you, you shame yourself and you're like, well, what the fuck is wrong with me? Or whatever it may be. And then it just continues in this, you know, vicious cycle of constant shame or regret over the fact that you couldn't get rid of a certain vice. You know what though, too, I mean, in all, in all reality, the, probably you tried to do that on your own. I mean, the, the, the greatest way to actually enter into that category of shame is to do it silently and alone. Uh, and, and, you know, let's just be clear, um, being guilty is, you know, I did something wrong and shame is I am wrong or I am bad. I'm a bad person. Uh, there's a distinct difference between the two and I'm, you know, we should, we should do a whole conversation on shame. I know we're running out of time today, but, uh, you know, I think for the purposes of those 
to let's just talk reality here for a second for the purpose of those people out there that may be interested in in stopping and quitting uh man reach out and get some help reach out and actually talk to somebody who's quit and see how they did it and find an accountability person that can coach you through it that's uh and that's the way to do it. Couldn't couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. And that's here's the the difference, right? I'm gonna tell you how this particular time. Now, granted, it's only been about five days, but the, usually it's that three day hump with nicotine specifically, right? That is really difficult, yep. uh, at least physically. There's still, of course, the mental portion of it. But before, I would gather everything up and I would throw it away. That rash, like you know, get out of my sight. <laughs> you no longer exist in my life, and that had failed over and over and over again so the different route that i took this time is i just didn't do that actually i just kept everything and like i haven't been even thought about going towards it in the same i mean of course i crave for it but in the same mental capacity of like well it's no longer here what do i do you know it's still sitting somewhere where it's you know or i can go buy more whatever it is but like i didn't shame myself in that same way where i make a drastic decision and then, you know, regret it later. I think that's part of the uh, the magic of, of, and I'm glad you're bringing it up. Uh, I think that's part of the magic of, of staying away from shame. Uh, it's, it's not listening to that inner voice. You know, we've had that conversation on here before about listening to that inner voice is, is uh, would we talk to a friend the same way we talk to ourselves in those uh, arenas? And we would never be as hard on a friend as we are on ourselves oftentimes, which is, the introduction of that shame piece you're you're bad you're a, you're a bad person and and you're not you're you're just wanting to change the lifestyle and do something different doesn't make you a bad person yeah but the reality is too is i want to say this last little piece before we wrap up is if that wouldn't have worked with alcohol for me that different different path different journey different needs when it comes to a substance versus yeah. this absolutely and, you know yeah, all, for sure all much further along mentally and physically than I was when I needed to quit, but, or when I did quit, you know, alcohol, but that wouldn't have worked the same way. Right. Like, so no. there's, there's different paths. Yeah, I agree. That, and I'm glad you clarified for, you know, those that may be listening that, that I think it's just important to note that there's, there's a lot of levels to this and a lot of layers to this. And if you're trying to do it on your own, don't ask, ask somebody about it. Yep. Brad, it's, it's been a joy. Hey, it's always fun, man. Great talk. Yeah. We had a, a whole different topic set up that we were going to go over and somehow this ended up being it but i enjoyed it more than i think what we would have talked about we didn't even touch that topic i'm glad we had a this is a good time when we just go off cuff off script and see where it ended up good times love it man till next time all right see you soon thank you for listening to this segment of no one fights alone no one fights alone is sponsored by Chateau Recovery is a 16-bed treatment facility nestled in the foothills of the Wasatch Mountains in Midway, Utah. Chateau's First Responder Resiliency Program is designed to treat the unique challenges and issues that first responders encounter in the course of their careers. Chateau's comprehensive and highly individualized approach to treatment addresses more than just the presenting issues. It addresses the why. Each of their seasoned, trauma-trained, and culturally competent therapists utilize evidence-based, specialized therapies to treat trauma at its core and enable clients to begin the healing process while developing a resilient and healthy relationship with stress. Chateau Recovery is trusted by departments and agencies from around the country to treat responders and veterans. 
In fact, it is one of only a handful of facilities nationwide that is vetted and approved to treat members of the Fraternal Order of Police. For more information, or to speak to a representative, go to chateaurecovery.com or call 888-507-5031. No One Fights Alone is also sponsored by First Responder Trauma Counselors. First Responder Trauma Counselors are subject matter experts in proactive behavioral health care for frontline workers through their National Peer Support Academy. This 40-hour all-badges, all-uniforms, and all-scrubs educational experience helps to create caring, honest, and empathetic peer support relationships with your fellow frontline workers. The FRTC National Peer Support Academy is taught by actual first responders who have gone back to school to become culturally competent, licensed behavioral health clinicians that teach from lived experiences, not just theories from books. This fast-paced, immersive educational academy will not just change your life, it will help you save the lives of others. For additional details, visit 991overwatch.org or call 970-222-419-3. This could be the most life-changing academy you'll ever attend.